Driving at Home with ABOR's housing economist, Claire Losey. Hey guys, we're here for another Driving at Home with Dr. Claire Losey. Claire, thanks for hopping on today. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, I think as we chatted briefly before, I think we wanted to touch base this week about new construction costs and just construction in general and their impact on the market. What are you seeing in that new construction segment? Indeed. So with respect to just overall single family construction costs, generally they have flatlined on a year over year basis. For example, in January of this year, the cost of construction services, which roughly translates into construction labor, it was actually 0% on a year-over-year basis, so indeed flat. The cost of construction goods, essentially materials, was up a little bit, about 3% year-over-year, but definitely a significant deceleration from the year-over-year increases that we saw during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. So listeners will probably recall construction costs really spiked in the midst of the pandemic. They were up, for example, in January of 2022, services was up 22% on a year-over-year basis, while the cost of construction goods increased 13% on a year-over-year basis. So why this is important for us to understand is essentially what we're seeing is that builders are not, on average, having to pay more for the costs of their labor and materials than they were this time last year. And essentially what that is telling us is that we shouldn't see as much upward pressure on new home prices that we have seen previously. So anytime construction costs increase, that generally means that builders are going to pass those costs on to their consumers. So in essence, we can think of the construction costs for a new home equating to essentially 60% of the total price of that new home. So in essence, you know, if construction costs increase 30%, then the price of that new home would actually rise 18%. This is all to say that construction costs can have a pretty significant effect on new home prices, and they have, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. But again, we're seeing less of an effect over the past year or so. And I guess if I think back to the years of the peaks of COVID, there were a couple of things going on. One was the the actual cost of sticks was just far higher. Wood, especially what right, lumber, lumber. Was <laughs> way, way up. But the other thing that happened was just the delay in access to materials associated with shipping delays and in the, the logistics and mechanics of COVID, which should in theory at this point be largely resolved. Where are we on the cost of the actual construction material now versus those delays and shipping and access to material? Have those things sorted themselves out to some degree? So we still do see some extent of supply chain constraints, but overall those have largely been diminished as the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic has continued and, you know, China has obviously reopened, et cetera. So as cities and countries have fully reopened, you know, lifted different constraints on their ports, whatnot, it's definitely alleviated those shipping timelines and just those supply chain constraints. Less about delay, more about just the actual cost and inflated expense associated with materials now. Right, exactly. And I would say, too, part of it is just 
fewer when you have fewer workers who can produce the goods then you're necessarily going to have to increase the cost of those goods all it's equal so yeah and so that takes me actually that's a great segue into another question which is you know the other experience of covid and i think this is still true even today given the pace and breadth of our local economy is the tradesmen the actual laborers to help you know work with those materials has been an ongoing challenge and one that I think has, has led to increased cost because of the increased time associated with projects. How is that resolving itself in the new construction market now? So overall, there's still certainly a shortage of available workers for really not just new homes, but any type of construction, right? So overall, I think that continuing to fuel resources into training, equipping folks with education and the resources they need to enter those fields is highly important to our housing industry. But overall, we're still seeing certainly a shortage of workers. You know, looking pre-pandemic, we have to remember that although we've been talking about these numbers on a year-over-year basis, it's a cumulative effect. So when we're thinking about January 2024 relative to January of 2019, the cost of construction services and goods are still elevated to the tune of, you know, 25, 35%, depending. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, Claire, let's talk a little bit about our local numbers. What are we looking like this week and how are things feeling as we head into the spring selling season? So as listeners well know, mortgage rates have ticked up over the past couple of weeks. So last week, mortgage rates rose to 6.9% versus 6.8%. 77% the week prior. So up from that kind of mid 6% range, we were hovering in that 6.6 something percent range for quite some time, really from the end of December, middle end of December to kind of beginning middle of February. So we have seen certainly an uptick in mortgage rates, but overall activity has held pretty steady on a month to date basis in the Austin MSA. So for example, with closed sales, we've seen about 1,400 transactions. And then that's relative to essentially a little over 1,400 transactions last year. And then a little bit more activity on the front of active listings. So about 8,400 active listings in the Austin MSA on a month-to-date basis versus about 7,700 last year. And then also more new listings this month, about 3,300 relative to 2,600 on a month-to-date basis last year. So again, just a little bit more activity with respect to new and active listings on the market in the Austin MSA on a month-to-date basis this year. With respect to leasing, we've seen somewhat similar trends in the sense that We are also seeing a pretty high proportion, I guess, or a higher higher extent of of closed leases. So overall, about 1,600 closed leases on a month-to-date basis this year versus about 1,400 last year. And that's, again, not surprising. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but the fact that folks who can't necessarily afford to step into homeownership right now, the next best alternative for them is going to be renting a single family home. So overall, you know, just that that uptick in closed leases again isn't necessarily surprising. 
and two, the uptick in inventory. So just more active listings on the market with respect to residential leases, about 4,600 this month to date versus about 3,500 this month last year. How much of that uptick in leasing availability do you think is owners who feel less confident in the resale price and and sort of waiting it out, if you will, by pursuing the lease versus just, you know, general activity? That's a great question. I think to some extent, they're just, it's a separate tranche of, it's actually in the sense that it's, it's not necessarily would have been sellers because we have seen an uptick in active listings too for residential sales. Mm. I think it's more so just the fact that we have more inventory in that department. You know, of course, folks will recall that institutional buyers, there's this massive wave of institutional investors, you know, I buyers, especially during COVID. And so there's just more rental inventory that's infiltrated into the Austin housing market over the past couple of years. And so I think we're, we're just also kind of working from a higher base, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems like we're seeing the strength in the market that we anticipated and, and some balance, which provides opportunity, obviously, on both sides of the transaction, um, which is a positive for, for, for buyers, especially in, in, in the sense that they've got opportunity more than they did before. We're also seeing some some ticks up a touch in regards to the mortgage interest rates. What are we seeing this week on that? Overall, we shouldn't see as significant of a bump up that we we're or really as considerable of a movement as we saw on a week over week basis last week. So I'd expect that we would hover close to that 6.9% number that we saw last week. Overall, you know, just, of course, caution within the housing market that we may see a little bit of a, you know, tick down and a decline in with respect to sales activity over the next couple of weeks as folks kind of adjust to the higher rate environment. And again, knowing to just the, the psychology of buyers, you know, that they could be a little bit spooked by those higher rates. But again, overall... Not a significant uptick, so we shouldn't see it affect our housing market too much. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, we will keep an eye on this continued activity into the spring. It should be an exciting one, and I think a lot of opportunity, as I said, for buyers and sellers and obviously the agents working with them. We'll be back next week with more numbers. Indeed. Awesome. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Take care, guys.